So we are in John chapter 4. I kind of guessed how far you got when I got the page. <laughs> you know how slow we go. It isn't how far we've gotten, how little we've done. <laughs> so John chapter 4, and um, Christian, why don't you start? And... Um, why don't you read to verse 15? The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is, that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I, that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Okay. Uh, Peter, why don't you read verses 16 to 26. 16 through 26. He, Jesus, he told her, Go. Call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, 
called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Okay, John, would you read the rest of the story down through verse 42? And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or, Why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this man be the Christ? Then they went out into the city and came to him. In the meantime his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Then Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, There are still four months, and then up comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already ready for the harvest. He who reaps receives wages, and who gathers fruit for eternal life. Both he and he who sows together will reap and may rejoice together. But in this the saying is true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because he told the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed there two more days. And many more believed because of his word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you have said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed Christ, the Savior of the world. Great story. Let's uh, start with the first few verses. Did you notice anything interesting in these first few verses? I'm talking about verses 1, 2, 3. He knew that the Pharisees were pursuing him because it it shows that... um, Actually, the Pharisees don't seem to be mentioned here, do they? Well, in the first verse, the Pharisees heard the Oh, the Pharisees. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard... Yes, more More disciples than John. Why is that an issue? Which was a shift in dynamic. Normally it was John that was the most prominent. um, Okay, Jesus is gaining prominence. This is a a scary thing for the Pharisees to deal with. Mm -hmm. His popularity increase was threatening. Yeah. There's also another suggestion too. There's competition going on. And this shows up later in John where the disciples are a little annoyed. Disciples of John are a little annoyed. Jesus' carefree lifestyle and John versus John's austere lifestyle. And they're always comparing their disciples yeah. and themselves. And Jesus takes care of it by simply disappearing. But John didn't take disciples, did he? Yeah, yeah, he had a whole group of disciples. That's right. That's because, and uh, John, the Gospel of John really points that out from the beginning, uh, chapter 1, where uh, some of Jesus' early disciples were John's disciples before they became Jesus' disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me that Jesus doesn't like competition. He won't compete. It seems to me that He's not going to enter into conflict unnecessarily. So he leaves the region. This is a, a passive Jesus, not, a, not an active in your face Jesus. 
So he comes to this Samaritan city called Sychar, uh, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given his son Joseph. And there's Jacob's well. And so he sits by the well. I would imagine that wells are cool places. Kind of almost a little oasis. And then we follows the story. What metaphors does Jesus use to illustrate salvation in this story? Water. And we have that in John 3, we have that in John 2, and we have that in John 1. Water. And you remember I, I pointed a few weeks ago, I pointed you to the thematic basis of the first half of John that you find in 1 John uh, 5, verse 7. There are three that testify, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive human testimony, uh, and so on. So there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And and some uh, commentators on the Gospel of John feel that John is using uh, the motif, the general motif, of a kind of court scene where you have testifiers uh, that substantiate the decision of the court. Um, it's, it's not a real clear motif, but, but this idea of a testimony, of testifying, is, is found over and over again. And, and so it seems that John is using the three testifiers that he mentions in his letters, the water, the spirit, and the blood, in these first, the first half of John. Because especially water. You have Jesus' baptism, the miracle of water into wine, which wine symbolizes the blood by the end of the book. Um... And then you have Nicodemus, unless you were born from by water and the Spirit. And now we have water with this Samaritan woman. So that's a metaphor. What other metaphors do you find in here? Eating. Eating. Mm-hmm. And that's going to become uh, climaxed in uh, chapter 6 when we come to that. Harvest. Harvest. Yeah, that's later on in the... In the chapter. And also with the waters, the, the thirst. Yes, and the metaphor of thirst. It's fallen beings that we're thirsty all the time, which is good. And um, mountain, in other words, place to worship. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that, I think, in a little bit. And then spirit. Now, we don't think of spirit as a metaphor, do we? But the way John uses it, it really is. Because otherwise you have two metaphors and one real element, and, and it doesn't make sense. But you have the water, you have the spirit, and you have the blood. So a spirit is a metaphor, but it's also a reality. So how, what ties all this together? What what is the central element that makes these metaphors come to life and explains the reality behind them? Well, it's Jesus, really. 
Pardon? It's Jesus, isn't it? Because Jesus explains that he is the living water. And that's true. <clears throat> so he brings that element all together, at least in the water before. Is is there a, a, a literal verb that is not a metaphor <clears throat> that is key to this? It's It's something that you hear over and over again. It's a repeated verb. Well, drink is there, but it's a metaphor. This is not a metaphor. Worship? Worship isn't repeated over and over again, but certainly it is a literal verb. The concept of everlasting. Right? It actually may be worship that we are looking at. I, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not used throughout the story. But it, it, it is, there's another verb that's used throughout the story. Look at verse 9. Well, verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew. And then, um, related to that, is verse 18. Uh, in this discussion about her husband, uh, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Knowledge and truth go together. I was thinking I had seen it one more time. 32. Yeah, I have food to eat that you do not know about. <clears throat> is drinking what is drinking when you drink water what kind of how would you use that as a metaphor for salvation you're accepting it into yourself you're accepting something into yourself you're assimilating it water then goes into your cells replenishes them keeps them vibrant and healthy and and thriving goes into your bloodstream and, and keeps your blood moving if you didn't have water, your blood would get thicker and, and your heart would slow down, uh, which is what happened to me recently. <laughs> uh, before I went on my trip, I uh, came down with something going around that I didn't realize was that. I just wound up seeing uh, one of my doctors and my blood pressure was down to 74. <laughs> well, my blood pressure is usually...